you're buying a pre-construction deal, make absolutely sure the developer you're dealing with on the pre-construction deal, this is not his first rodeo. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service. Here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you got 500 units or even a handful of units, go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. They're going to give you a free 30-minute goal strategy session. They'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free, mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Again, if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Bobby Casey. How you doing, Bobby? Hey, Joe. How's it going? Thanks for having me today. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. And a little bit about Bobby. He is a managing partner of Global Wealth Protection. He helps clients around the world internationalize their assets and take advantage of investment opportunities. He's based in Coppell, Texas, where I have immediate family and I visit very frequently. And his website is in the show notes link. So if you want to go check that out, feel free to do so. With that being said, Bobby, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? First of all, there must have been a typo there somewhere. I'm not based in Texas at all. As a matter of fact, I've never even heard of that town in Texas. I'm actually living in several different places around the world. To be honest, about half my time I spend in Latvia, a small Eastern European country beside Russia. I spend quite a bit of time in Georgia, the country of Georgia, Tbilisi and the capital. I spend a lot of time in Medellin, Colombia, and also a little bit of time in the U.S., but most of my time is spent abroad between Europe and South America. Like you said, I work with a lot of clients from all over the world, primarily entrepreneurs and investors. And we talk about different strategies for internationalizing their wealth, their business, and their life. 
And a lot of things we discuss are purely international related, how to take advantage of international investment opportunities, how to minimize risk through international structures, for example, using different corporate structures, trusts, that sort of thing, and how to protect their investment portfolios using structures, also by hedging risk with currency diversification and also geographical diversification. So that's a big part of what we do. And with your approach, how much of it, if at all, is actually real estate focused? We're a big believer in hard assets for your investment portfolio. We believe that real estate should be one of the biggest, if not the biggest investment category you have in your portfolio. I just recently read something about, I get them mixed up. Is it the Fortune 400 or the Forbes 400? The 400 wealthiest people in the world, Forbes 400, right? Yeah, probably. Forbes has a list. I'm sure other magazines do too. I get them mixed up between Fortune and Forbes. But anyway, I just recently read that something like 77% of all the people in the Forbes 400 had a significant portion of their wealth tied up in real estate. And if you really think about that, if I want to emulate somebody in how to build wealth and how to structure a portfolio, do I really want to listen to the 23-year-old kid that just got his undergraduate degree in finance and economics who is working on his first job or the 400 richest people in the world. So from that perspective, we definitely advise our clients on different investment opportunities, specifically in real estate. And I'll give you an example. Right now in Colombia, the Colombian peso is about approximately 3,000 pesos to the dollar. Just a couple of years ago, the Colombian peso was about 1,700 pesos to the dollar. And if you understand the way currency conversion and currency transactions work, that means um, the peso has lost a significant amount of its value in relation to the U.S. dollar over the past couple of years. And the reason for that is the Colombian economy is very resource-oriented. They're very heavily tied to a lot of different oil, gas, a lot of natural resources, precious metals, that sort of thing. If you actually track the Colombian peso, it almost identically mimics the Canadian dollar. And if you know much about international investing, Canadian market is a very resource-heavy market with oil and gas and a lot of mineral exports. So the Colombian peso almost identically tracks the Canadian dollar because – What's happened in just the past few years is we've seen a pretty significant decline in the price per barrel of oil, especially since the big market crash in 2008 and then in nine. And so what that means is you go down to Columbia, you can buy ridiculously cheap investment properties down there. I'm talking luxury condos in the center of the city in the nicest part of town, three and four bedroom condos with gorgeous terraces and mountain and city views for 150 200,000 US dollars because of the currency correction on the peso side. So from an investment standpoint purely in real estate it's a great cash flow investment to go down to Columbia and look at real estate. But from an asset protection and a currency speculation side the Colombian peso is near its all-time low. The all-time low 
to the U.S. dollar was almost 3,400 pesos to the dollar, and it sits around 3,000 right now. So it's fairly close to its all-time low. So what that means is you can potentially, even if in pesos the property doesn't appreciate at all, mm-hmm. as resource prices steadily increase, let's say oil goes back to $80 a barrel, well, the Colombian peso is not going to be at 3,000 pesos to the dollar. It's going to go down to 2,200 or 2,000 or something like that. You could see a 20, 30, or even a 50% increase in your property values in U.S. dollar terms, even if it stays completely stagnant in pesos, and all the time you're collecting rent mm-hmm. checks on investment properties down there. So those are the types of things we look at. I'm not a real estate agent in Colombia, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I, I, I could care less if you're buying property in Colombia. I'm just trying to give you an example of how accessing different international markets for real estate can actually affect your portfolio. You can cash flow it. I've got a friend of mine down there who does some projects, and he is in the real estate business, and we were looking at his numbers, just people buying condos and renting them out. And they're looking at 10, 12, 13, 14% net returns. I'm not talking cap rate. I'm talking about net cash flow. And 10, 12, 14% net cash flow in Colombian pesos. But you could hold it with zero appreciation in pesos. And as the currency correction happens, for example, oil goes up to $80 a barrel, peso will go up, if you want to look at it that way, it'll go up to around 2,200 or 2,000 pesos in dollar. You could see a very significant increase in the value of your property in U.S. dollar terms. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's an approach that I haven't heard talked about very often and never on this show, so I'm glad that we are. I assume that some of your clients have done something similar to this. So what are the watch outs that people should make sure that they address prior to doing an investment in another country like Colombia, for example? Well, first of all, I'm going to keep using Colombia as an example because personally I think Colombia is an excellent example and an excellent opportunity. For one, if you ask 90, 95% of Americans on the street, what's your opinion about Colombia? What do you think, Joe, is going to be the response? Drugs. Drugs. Cocaine, right? Everybody's a cocaine dealer. Everybody's getting murdered in the streets. It's a killing spree, right? I mean, that would be the typical American response because most Americans don't really have time or the energy or to care less about actually digging in and doing research into the realities of this. I've been to all but five states in the U.S. and about 70-something, 80 countries. So I do quite a bit of traveling, boots-on-the-ground research in these countries. I've been to Colombia several times. I'm actually going to Colombia in about two weeks again. And there are parts of Colombia I personally would not go to and I would not buy in. But then again, I also wouldn't buy property in South Chicago either or downtown Detroit, right? There are just places you don't go to. And you can say that about any country in the world. But most people would shy away from Columbia. And it's not because they're right. It's because of ignorance. I don't say ignorance to mean it in a derogatory sense. It's ignorance. If you don't know something about something, that's the very definition of ignorance, right? I'm with you. I mean, I, I certainly couldn't call myself an expert in the Mogadishu property market. I'm no expert in Somalia. 
As a matter of fact, I just said that. How many people listening to your show knew that Mogadishu is in Somalia? People don't really know what they don't know. So out of fear, they just like, ah, forget it. I watched that show Narcos on Netflix that said all the Colombia is dangerous and people are blowing up bombs on the street. But the reality is, Medellin is a great example. 20 years ago, Medellin had 400,000 people in the city. Now there's over 4 million. It's a vibrant, beautiful city. Uh, every year, they're breaking records on tourism. I can't remember the number, but it was tens of millions of tourists that went to Medellin last year alone. So it's a very nice city. Great food, incredible weather. In Fahrenheit terms, in Medellin, the locals call themselves Pisces. Mm-hmm. And to a Pisces person, a cold day is 63 degrees Fahrenheit, and a hot day is 77 degrees Fahrenheit, if that gives you any idea. Yep. Basically, the entire city, 365 days a year, is roughly what you set your thermostat at every single day. <laughs> so it's like perfect weather, perfect springtime weather year-round. But the idea is people avoid markets they don't know anything about, so they just don't try. But if you're a real estate investor in your own marketplace, you're struggling to get a 5% cap rate, why keep your money there? It's crazy. I wouldn't take my money out of a savings account for a 5% cap rate. That's just crazy. But I can go, I won't keep picking on Medellin. Like the southern coast of Spain is a great example too. You can get incredible property deals in resort towns and get some ridiculously good deals there. Why would I invest in my hometown of whatever, Alathe, Kansas, with a 5% cap rate when I can go to Malaga, Spain, and buy properties that's yeah. generating 12% net cash yield. I get it. Yeah, you've made that point crystal clear. But as far as what are some things that we should watch out for, just back to the original question, if we were to invest into another country? It depends on what you're looking at to an investor. And I know we're kind of a broad show about real estate investment, so that's kind of a tough thing to say. If you're in the market to buy a vacation condo versus Building an office complex, we have two completely different conversations to have. Let's use the example that you use. That way we're just staying very specific. In Columbia, downtown, beautiful views. You said $150,000, dollars can get you something that would cash flow. What would be some things to watch out for in that scenario as an outside investor? First of all, you would want to hire a local good attorney that speaks English. That's it, period. Because in Colombia, less than 5% of the Colombian population speaks English. And I'm not saying there's not necessarily a gringo tax, as they say, but when there's a language barrier, you can certainly miss some things. So first of all, the thing you need to watch out for is to find a high-quality attorney that's fluent in English so that if there's anything you don't understand in a contract, or a purchase offer, or in the process of purchasing, or in property tax or insurance, any of those types of things, you need to have a quality local attorney that speaks English. I hate to even bring that stuff up because I wouldn't go buy an investment property in Houston, Texas, without having my attorney review the contract and all that stuff either. Certain things, research the market and get to understand, so we'll keep picking on Medellin. I told you Medellin grew in 20 years from 400,000 people to 4 million. Well, what that means is there aren't really any old buildings in Medellin. 
almost everything has been built in the past 20 years. So you don't have that concern. Like in Europe, you have concerns with buildings that can be 100 or 200 or 300 years old with maybe 100-year-old plumbing in the building, for example. Medellin, that's less of a concern because the likelihood you're looking at a building older than 20 years is very, very, very low. So that's the thing. You've got to research the market and get to know it a little bit. You've got to kind of understand those things. Like I said, if you go to Malaga, you could easily be buying a condo in a building that's 150 years old versus you go to Medellin, the likelihood you're buying in a building that's less than 20 years old or even potentially just a brand-new building. You can get brand-new real estate, brand-new condos in Medellin for $150,000, $200,000, luxury places. Those are some things. What else? Understand not only the market but the legal process in the country where you are looking to invest. Most parts of the world, this is really not an issue, but there are some Latin American countries, also some Asian countries, where it's very difficult for foreigners to own property. For example, Mexico. Foreigners cannot own coastal properties in protected areas, but there are all kinds of developers down there that claim to sell beachfront condos in Cancun or Cabo San Lucas. There's all types of developers down there claiming to sell beachfront condos in Cabo San Lucas or Cancun. But you got to be really, really careful in those areas because in Mexico, foreigners can't legally own coastal property in those protected areas. There are some ways around it where you have to establish a Mexican land trust, and you can name yourself as beneficiary, but then you have to have a trustee in Mexico, and then you're using local attorney as a trustee. I personally would just stay away from stuff like that if it's not a very clear, simple title situation. Certain places can be very complicated. Like Panama is another place where you can have some problems with purchasing real estate. I had one of my friends about two years ago bought a condo, a little bit on the outskirts of Panama City, but a beachfront condo building. And that, I guess it's been more like three years ago he bought it. It took him almost two years to get the deed to his property. And when he bought it, it was unclear the condition mm -hmm. the property was being sold in. And that's because he did not do what he was supposed to do by getting good local legal representation, they ended up selling him a condo that was just white walls. <laughs> he was under the impression that it was a finished condo, but it was a white finish. The concrete floor, white walls, no fixtures, no lights, no flooring, not even doorknobs, like nothing. And <laughs> it's his fault. He didn't take the necessary precautions, but then it took about two years for him to even take title to the property because he's pinching pennies trying to save and not pay a lawyer to do the deed work for him. And it took two years for him to legally own his property. It's ridiculous. For a best ever listener who's listening to this, they're like, this sounds really intriguing. I'm going to go look at property in different countries. I am heeding Bobby's advice and will hire a local attorney who speaks English. What's the best way for them to find a local attorney who speaks English that they should do business with? You know what? Honestly, Facebook. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but do some searches on Facebook, like real estate agent Panama City, for example. And you'll find all kinds of different people claiming they sell real estate. 
like anything else in business, if you're going to be an investor or you're going to be in business for yourself, guess what, buddy? It takes some work. You're going to have to get your hands dirty and pick up the phone. You might have to call 20 different attorneys to find a good one. And you'll know when you talk to them. If you really do some research and you see, you know what, I really like Medellin, Colombia, or I really like Costa Rica, whatever you say you like. Buy a plane ticket, go there. I would never buy a property sight unseen. That's crazy. I can't believe how many people actually buy property sight unseen. I could maybe, depends on the situation, but to me it seems a little crazy to buy such an expensive asset sight unseen. But I know tons of people that have done it who have bought condos in other countries without ever actually going there or they're buying pre-construction. Actually, that brings up another point. If you are buying a pre-construction deal, make absolutely sure the developer you're dealing with on the pre-construction deal, this is not his first rodeo. (laughs) Because especially in Latin America, there are tons of shady deals on pre-construction. Get references on the developer that he's done other deals with satisfied clients and completed projects. We kind of started on a Latin America topic, so I'm kind of sticking with that. I don't run into that in too many other places in the world. The Latin America, I do see quite a bit of shady deals on pre-construction. Of course, anytime you buy pre-construction anywhere in the world, there's always a risk that the project doesn't get finished. But the idea is you just mitigate your risk as best as possible. And if you find a developer that has built 400-unit condo projects before and delivered them all on time to happy customers, the likelihood the fifth one will go pretty well, too. Great feedback. And now I'm going to ask you a tough question, and that is, based on your experience as real estate investors, knowing that's our audience, what is your best advice ever for them if they were to go in this venture, look at investing out of the country And I know you've mentioned a lot of good points. What's the number one point that comes to mind? You got my brain thinking in a different way when you first started. My best advice I can give to real estate investors. Can I give you two things? Yes, absolutely. All right. So first of all, I'm presuming the vast majority of your audience is U.S.-based with U.S. real estate, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. So I'm amazed at people that don't do this. But to me, of course, I'm biased because my focus is asset protection for clients. Like we deal with a lot of people's assets and protecting their assets with proper structures and trusts and that sort of thing. But to me, it amazes me that U.S.-based investors buy investment property and hold these assets in their name personally. For a U.S.-based investor that is not even thinking about investing overseas, the best advice I can give you is properly structure your investment holdings. Do not, under any circumstance, ever hold property in your own personal name. To me, that is one of the craziest things you can possibly do with your real estate assets. And I hear all kinds of excuses to that. Well, I have an umbrella policy that covers me. I've got general liability insurance that covers me. You know, I don't really need to put my properties and trusts or LLCs or whatever I'm not at risk. What's anybody going to sue me for? The problem with unforeseen circumstances is, guess what? They're unforeseen. You never had no idea. I used to make the joking example 
telling people when they're talking about buying multiple properties in the U.S. I used to use this joking example. What happens if you have a, a residential property and the tenant in there has a meth lab in the kitchen and blows the house up? I used to use that as a joke until about a year ago that that actually happened to one of my clients in Texas. They actually had a tenant in their rental house below the house up in a meth lab. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, huh, I guess I probably shouldn't use that as a joking Right. Example anymore, right? You have no idea the risk you're putting yourself in. And you could have one piece of property and somebody blows up that house. What happens if it kills a neighbor? And it's not just that house at risk. It's everything you own and potentially the future earnings of the rest of your life if you're not protecting your assets. So that's my one tip for U.S. domestic real estate investors. The U.S. is the most litigious country in the world. There's a new lawsuit filed federally every 16 and a half seconds. If you don't believe me, go to the American Bar Association's website and look at their statistics, do the math. Every 16 and a half seconds. You're crazy if you don't have your assets protected. So offshore, foreign real estate, my biggest advice is if it's blue ocean for you, you've never done it, it's like one of those things that you're curious about, but you don't know if it's for you or not, and Maybe you think, oh, that'd be kind of cool to have a vacation property in Costa Rica that we rent out, and then maybe we go down there and go stay at the beach in Costa Rica a couple weeks a year, make some money on it. My suggestion then is stick your toe in the water and find a place that you personally enjoy being in and spending time in. Go to a touristy area where you will get renters, at least short-term rentals, for vacation properties, and stick your toe in. Go find something and go buy a property in a hot spot. You might pay more on your price per square meter or square foot, but if you're in a hot spot, a touristy area, you know it's always going to rent, and there will always be a market to resell it. Don't try to go in and steal a deal. Go in and say, well, if I can get a pretty decent deal on a condo that I actually enjoy being in in Costa Rica, and I can rent this thing out and make 10% a year on it. Let's see what happens. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's see what you got. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener. And guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. We'll have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com. Best ever book you've read? Atlas Shrugged. Best ever deal you've done? (laughs) A warehouse in North Carolina. (laughs) Why is that? Honestly, it's been 15 years ago now, but I got it at a really good bargain, and I put one of my own companies in there in the office space. I immediately found tenants that rented it out. 
The thing was cash flowing like crazy within three months. And I basically had free rent for my own company in the space because it was cash flowing so much from the other spaces. And then I ended up selling it. Three years later, when I sold my company, I sold the property and made a very, very healthy gain on the sale of the property also. Did you double, triple your money? Or what? No, not that big. I think I only owned it three years, but I ended up 30% more, and it cash flowed like crazy, and I had free rent for my company for the whole time. <laughs> Best ever way you like to give back? I speak at events sometimes. I used to speak at a lot more events, but now I speak at entrepreneurship events. What's a mistake you've made on a particular deal that you can think of? Mistake I could make on a deal, aside from getting married at 21? oh sorry wrong show sorry Jeff alright that's a tough one on a deal but I can tell you I had a company a few years ago I sold it almost 10 years ago now but the company did some installations for big retail outlets like Walmart Home Depot Lowe's stuff like that and in my first few years of business I was really heavily leaning I had most of my business was with Walmart And I got a certified letter on December 27th, two days after Christmas, from Walmart at my home, which I couldn't believe that. I got a certified letter from Walmart corporate office in Bentonville, Arkansas, two days after Christmas saying, effective immediately, we have canceled our contract with you. Please, by close of business today, have all of your employees out of our stores. Basically, in one certified letter, in one minute, I basically lost half my business, and it was a few million. That was a big mistake. The big mistake on my end was having too many of my eggs in one basket and relying heavily on one client. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? Easiest is just our website, globalwealthprotection.com. We have a free newsletter. You can subscribe up on the right. We have a contact page if you want to email me from there or my email, info at globalwealthprotection.com. Well, Bobby, thank you for being on the show and adding an element that we haven't discussed in detail as much as we did today on the show. And that is one of them is appreciation via currency correction while cash flowing the entire time. So talking about that as well as how to approach investing out of the country, having a local attorney who speaks English. And as you said, it's not just out of the country. It's wherever you invest. It could be Houston or Lexington or wherever. You need a local attorney who knows the local law. That's important. But especially when you're investing out of the country, being able to speak English and you're knowing exactly what you're investing in. A couple warnings. If you're buying a pre-construction deal, make sure the developer has done it many times before, especially in Latin America. And then different intricacies along the way that you mentioned with the Mexican coast and some other things. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks for spending some time with us, giving us your global insight. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. Take care. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at TargetMarketInsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com.